0: Good morning, everyone. Good to see you all here. Uh, yesterday, a bunch of the ladies attended the women's arm exchange, and um, I love that event. I'm I banished from the event itself, but as a man, but um, I, it, it occurs at our house, and so um, I usually I get these calls and invitations like, hey, you know, maybe get together with some other guys and go meet up at some place or whatever, and I usually decline those offers. So that I can stay home, watch a movie, maybe iron some clothes, and then um, typically like send the kids on a covert op downstairs to scope out the food table, which is usually pretty awesome. And uh, but this year, like after like we can kind of hear everything going on the songs. The there's someone cheering, there's applause, there's probably some tears in there, um, and and all that's going on. And, and um, but the food you can smell, and I and I know it's there. And uh, my wife's. Came upstairs after everything was over and brought brought us a plate. I was like, "Yes, I've been waiting for this." And and there's man. You ladies didn't spare any expense on what you dished up because it was some good stuff. I particularly enjoyed the. Um, it was like this egg with sausage, dish. Oh my goodness! Whoever made that, well done, well done. And then and then there was this pastry had like this cinnabon kind of glaze on top really good. So anyway, guys, you can always call me up and come join the party. We'll watch a movie. <laughs> we'll watch a movie upstairs. I watched Karate Kid this year. So let's pray. God, thank you for this time of, uh, of the year that we get to remember and celebrate the birth of Jesus. Lord, we don't always grasp all that this season involves because of how much there is going on in our world that kind of gets us caught up in, in other things, Lord. But We just thank you for the opportunity you give us to reflect on you, and in gratitude to just um, experience um, you coming to earth and and remembering that and being able to experience that here and now even just um, through relationship with you, Lord. We thank you for uh, the work that you're doing among our church in our lives, Lord. Many people just different places with you, God. Some are here and they're in the process of discovering what it means to really know you and, and walk with you. And so, Lord, I pray for them that you continue to just draw them to yourself and connect the uh, the, the dots and answer the questions that they have, Lord. I trust you with that. And for those that have already decided to follow you, Lord, I pray you'd strengthen them this Christmas season. Help us all to just remember the, the main reason we celebrate. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, we're in this series and we're taking a look at at Jesus's entrance into our world and the difference that that makes in life and in the way we relate to uh, one another. it's easy to get caught up in the commercialism of the season and, and, and miss out on the reasons And so we need these reminders. we need to be reminded of why God um, came to earth and, and we need to remember the story the, the Christmas time it brings up many many different reactions. Um, I always have nostalgia for from all the different past experiences that i've had of christmases growing up and then expectations of what this christmas will be like um, for me there's this underlying pressure though that i experience for all the things that need to get done and certain things i want to happen every christmas and and you may feel the same way when i was a kid um i would you know write out the list that i would want and of, of things that i would want and i remember christmas for me as a kid, was really centered around the gifts that I wanted to experience and wanted to receive. And one Christmas, I really wanted a vision skateboard. Um, Any one of them would have done just fine. But I didn't get one. Instead, then the price was pretty high. And instead, I got this. I got a Veriflex. It starts with a V, but it definitely is not a vision skateboard. Um, And I appreciated it, but something was missing. I'd ridden better skateboards, and this one just didn't quite have the I'll call it rollability, maybe. I don't know. It just didn't quite, the bearings didn't quite flow, and so you couldn't really cruise down the street. This one was like, you're doing a lot of, and you didn't get very far, so you got to, for me, for me it was, you know, it, it had kind of the parts, but it was a little bit bulkier and clunkier, and, and then I finally got one. I finally got this. This was the Mark Gonzalez vision. This was a good Christmas for me this year. Now, even early on, I felt that I deserved something more. I felt, I felt in my heart that I deserved to get the gift that I really wanted um, early on. Now, I was probably 10 years old when I had this skateboard. When did you start noticing that in yourself? When, how old were you when you started believing that you deserved a little bit more than you had? I probably can think earlier, you know, before 10, maybe 6, and early memories of thinking, man, I deserve a little bit more. Now, this shows up a lot in our hearts, especially around Christmas time, this idea that I deserve a little bit more. Now, looking back, I had a lot of expectations for Christmas. I grew up in the church, and I learned that Jesus is the reason for the season. But ultimately, I had other things on my mind as well. This was, there was more to the season than just him. There was, there was what am I going to get this season? what fun parties am i going to attend with my family what gifts are, am i going to get what or what you know what can i give as well i mean there was other things that were going on how can we maximize visiting all these relatives and you know last week i was looking at my christmas or at my december calendar and it is such a busy time i don't know if you feel this way but there is something always going on there's things you can be part of that the city puts on there's things you're maybe invited to and they, I find myself approaching Christmas like the time of year when every weekend is filled with something. And it's kind of a, it's an exhaust, it can be an exhausting time. And at times it can feel like a lot of pressure. A great amount of expectation is Christmas time. We're filled with those things. Can you, can you relate to this? What's on your plate? You think about your, the next two to three weeks. Is there a lot on your plate? Um, are you facing pressure? Who, who started Christmas shopping already? Show of hands. Who has not begun any Christmas shopping yet? Anybody? And I don't want to put pressure on you, but you do realize it's coming, right? It's coming. Maybe you're hosting. Is anyone hosting an event, a dinner at your house, helping host something? That can be really stressful, can't it? Knowing there's going to be people descending upon your house. You want everything to go well. You have an image in your mind of of what that experience is going to be like, but you're just not sure how it's all going to get done. Uh, some of you are working, and there's deadlines that need to – you need to have some things wrapped up by the end of the year. There's quotas to meet, and, and this can be a very stressful time. Some of you are students. you got to submit papers right before the semester is over, and, and hopefully you're done with all that stuff. But some of you may be a little delayed on some of that. And so you're crunching to get this stuff finished. Some of you probably feel pressure, and I feel this pressure, to give certain gifts – Because I want to experience the wow when people open up the gift. You ever have that? Where you you plan it and you're like, I know this is going to be perfect. And then they open the gift and they kind of give you one of the, huh. Thanks. You're like, that's not the wow that I was wanting. Well, there's all these different scenarios and these are common things. But this season is filled with pressure and expectation. I feel that. And I'm sure some of you do as well. Well, what if the Christmas message of Jesus could really help us focus differently. Now, that's what reading the story really helps me with. Instead of looking through the lens of, you know, all that needs to be done, what about looking through the lens of what Jesus has already done? What about reflecting and refocusing on what is it what it is that he did by coming to earth? Rather than, you know, thinking I got to step up and deliver this Christmas, what if we slow down instead? And recognize what Jesus already did by stepping down to meet humanity on earth. I want to dig into the scripture to discover some things. Number one is this. Jesus showed that Christmas is about stepping down in humility. Very different than the pressure-filled, expectation-filled Christmas that I'm describing. When we look carefully at his birth, the whole scene in scripture reveals how different God's ways are than our ways. We have Jesus, you know, God becoming man, taking on Flesh, putting God with skin on in a sense, arriving on the scene in the most humble manner. Look at Luke 2, verse 6 and 7. It says, And while they were there, that's Mary and Joseph were there, they were in Bethlehem, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Here's our Savior, the Savior of the world, arriving to this in this insignificant feeding trough for animals outside of some ordinary inn in a small village to a lowly mother and a tradesman father. The birth of Jesus, this is the, that event that we celebrate, get all excited about every year. What we don't often do is we don't often take the time to grasp what it was that Jesus gave up to actually become uh, human and step down you know, into our world. Here's God coming to earth. And I want us to take the, the time to just reflect on what that really meant. What did he give up? Now, as humans, we're limited in our ability to understand and grasp the fullness of God and his nature. I'm going to try to do my best to describe some of that. But I'm limited in my ability to even do that. The Bible reveals some things to us about God, his nature, his attributes, his character. Um, teaches that there is one God. Who is the creator, he's the ruler of the universe, and he has eternally existed in three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Those three are co-equal, they're all one at the same time. We struggle to really grasp this because of our, of our limited and, you know minds, and we're finite. Jesus is the Son, he has always existed. His incarnation, when he put on flesh, that was not his beginning. So him stepping on the scene on earth was not when he started. Um, he was there in creation. We see clues about the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, even the early part of the Bible, Genesis 1. Here's one example, of 26, the first part of Genesis one twenty six. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Even the plural language used there, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Jesus was there in creation. This, And even in creation, that's not when he began or he wasn't created at that point. No, he... he God is transcendent, and so he's outside of time. He's outside of – he made all of this. And so Jesus, he's part of the Trinity. And in order to redeem and rescue fallen humanity, the second person of the Trinity carries out this rescue mission, which is planned by the Father. He steps into our world in order to die in our place and eventually rise from the dead. The power for our life, if you follow Christ, is really in his resurrection. We talk a lot about birth and death, but to stop there is to miss the heart and the power of of our faith. The power is found in his resurrection. But he's fully God, and he became a man, fully man. But think about what he gave up in order to carry out this rescue mission. He comes into our world humbly, but in order to do that, he had to leave. He had to leave heaven. Think about that, and it's hard for us to get our minds around that because we don't know what that experience was really like or is like in heaven. But So imagine your favorite, the ultimate place, okay? Just go there in your mind. What's that ultimate place, maybe your favorite place, the best thing you've ever experienced? Okay, now this is still a poor um, comparison, but maybe it's you're all comfy in your bed, okay? You're 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 warm. Maybe you're wearing a snuggie. I don't know what that involves for you. You're watching your favorite movie on this giant TV that seems like it's bigger, it's larger than life. Maybe you're just on vacation and it's just things are going great. The fridge is stocked full of food. Someone hired a maid for you for this whole time. The maid comes three times a day, cleans the house, um, brings you meals, you know, at the right times when you ring the bell, and and it's the best food you could ever experience, and you're just living like a king. Can you imagine that? Now, it's hard to do that, right? <laughs> all of a sudden, all of a sudden, above the volume of your movie, you hear screaming. And you can tell there's something going on with the ordinary common folk downstairs. The kids are fighting. And you're hoping that they just cleared up. They do the thing that you've trained them to do, you know, to clear it up. To say, hey, I'm sorry that I took your toy. Sorry that I was selfish right now. Can we, can we work this out? Or you're hoping the maid will just pop in at the right time and go straighten this problem out for you. Maybe someone else will get involved, but it continues on and on. So you turn up the volume, but the screaming continues, and it's getting to the point where you realize someone has to go and deal with this. And so you leave. You, 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 know, you get out of bed. You stop the movie, and you go deal with the reality of what's going on downstairs. Now, again, that's a pretty poor comparison. But now think about an earthly king. Think about a king with all the power who leaves his throne to deal personally with a problem. He, gets, he steps into the action, an earthly king. Again, that's still a pretty weak comparison to compare an earthly king to, to Jesus, who is king of the universe. He's king of the universe. He leaves heaven. all his, you know, He leaves glory, honor, riches, being the focus of ongoing praise. He leaves all of that in order to step into our reality. That's a pretty amazing step down. And here's what he did. By taking the journey downward, Jesus gave us the example to follow. He took this giant step down. But that lays out a pattern for us and for our lives. One of the most helpful passages to show this is Philippians chapter 2, verses 5-11. through 11. I want to look at what Paul writes to the church in Philippi. He says this. He writes, Have this mind... Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, meaning he, Jesus, in his essential nature, he possessed all the attributes of God. It says that he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. It carries the idea of clutching on to something. He didn't clutch or cling on to that. Verse 7 says he emptied himself. To empty himself means to pour out until it's all gone. He emptied himself. He didn't empty himself of his deity, okay? I want to stop here for a second. He didn't cease from being God. He didn't empty himself of being uh, God himself because he was still that. He was still fully God. But he did empty himself of his divine glory. He set aside that, and while he was on earth, his glory was veiled. So people could not... They didn't realize that this was, in fact, God. His glory, His divine glory, was veiled. Um, this is really important part of of what He set aside um, on Earth. He was ordinary. No one recognized that this was, you know, who He was. Um, in the Old Testament, Moses. He there's a song that um, we were singing recently. It's "Show Us Your Glory," and it's it's Moses actually asked God for this. he says, "Show me your glory and and God gave him um, he actually gave him a protected view of God's divine glory and he provided some protection, but he said this my glory is going to pass over and and he allowed him to get somewhat of a glimpse of his glory God's glory um, We're not really able to take that in. he needed the protection that God offered for him um, Jesus in coming to earth he he really set this aside. He's ordinary. Eventually he's scorned, he's beaten, he's rejected, humiliated and then he's murdered. He leaves the glory and the treasures of heaven and he gives up his honor, his riches. He even gave up the independent exercise of his will. He set aside the fact or the use of his power. On some level he set aside the use of his his um, omniscience and omnipotence. He still had to be. He set those aside. He could have called angels to come and to rescue him from the cross, but he didn't. He also gave up a favorable relationship with the father on the cross. He cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? This is a huge step down, if you think about it. Huge step down. And it goes on, it says, by taking the form of a servant. Actually, that word means a slave. He, he peels off the robe of majesty he puts on the robe of a slave, a common slave. He doesn't just take on the appearance of a slave, but he, he takes on the attributes of a slave. A slave is someone who has absolute and total submission to the will of another person. And in this case, the father. He just, he becomes a slave in order to serve us, humanity, in our point of deepest need. And it says, being born in the likeness of men, he could have been like a superman or an angel, but that wasn't in the Father's plan. Verse 8, and being found in human form, meaning he looked like everyone else. No halo. I thought it was funny because I realized there's a there's a round thing over my head right here sparkling. Not that you would be fooled by that. But Jesus didn't walk around on the earth with a halo. You know, we see we see paintings and you it's like, where's Waldo? There's there's Jesus the one with the halo around him. He's glowing a little bit more than everyone. He had no perfect smile, no perfect part in his hair, no aura about him. He didn't speak with a special voice. He watched the movies these days of Jesus, and he, he looks just, you know, like a notch above the rest of the guys on the film. <laughs> I've actually heard some ladies say, I almost can't watch the new Jesus film because he's just a little too good looking and it feels a little weird. And... um it says being founded human form, he was just he looked like everyone else. He humbled himself, it says. Paul writes, he humbled himself. Humility means to make yourself lower. You take a step down from the higher place. This is what Jesus did. By becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. I mean, he goes from glory in heaven to earth to criminal status. He bears the sins of of everyone who would believe in him then, now, and into the future. How could he pull that off? Well, he's he's still God. He still has the infinite capacity to be able to take all of the sin of the world upon himself. But look at these giant steps down that he goes and just step after step after step. What a difference between the way that we approach life. Steps down in humility. He took these steps Out of love for us. And look at verse 9. Look at what what this brought about. Verse 9 says, Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. God raises him from the dead. God was satisfied in him and exalts Jesus to the very highest place giving him the name that's he is Christ the Lord Jesus Christ the Lord that every knee would bow name of honor and so he's restored to his full glory his full honor and privileges but the path for Jesus began with steps down this is a journey downward now for us on a real practical level humility occurs when we voluntarily take a, a a position of lower importance or lesser privilege. That's That's the crux of humility for us on a real practical level. Imagine how Jesus must have felt to be limited. Imagine how that must have felt. And the self-control that he needed and the patience required during his life on earth. Can you imagine having the power to do something about the situation or to... He just kept humbling himself rather than asserting himself. This blows my mind. It gives me a picture, though, of what God wants as we relate to others. What comes naturally to me is to do really the opposite of humility. It's to do things in pride. That's what comes naturally in my heart. For example, if I'm pulling up to a restaurant in my car or in my minivan with my family, and at the same time I see someone else coming in, if I feel I've gotten to that spot and there's one spot a little bit before them, or I see they're coming, I'm going to kind of... Push on that accelerator to get there. I'm going to swerve into that spot, and I'm watching for that other dad. And it's like he may have parked a few away, but we're both thinking the same thing. I need to get in line before he does. And so you get out of the car, and it's like, okay, family, you stay here. You stay here. I'll I'll meet you in. Meet me in there. And you just kind of like pretend like you're not booking it, but you're booking it to try to get the best spot in the list, right? You don't want to wait five more minutes for your hamburger or whatever it is or if I'm at a theme park, you know, I take my place in line and I want to make sure that no one else cuts in front of me at line in that line. It drives me crazy when you see people weaving through, oh yeah, someone's in the front. Uh-huh. Right. We I was at Costco with Cody and we were we were having a hot dog and a Coke there and uh we had a little appetizer and getting a taster around the store and we're at the we're at the taster section. We're, we're at the mashed potato lady. And she's dishing up mashed potato. And I didn't have mashed potatoes for Thanksgiving, so I was, like, super excited about this experience. And uh, she's dishing up mashed potatoes, and it looks good. And we're waiting in line, and all these kids just keep cutting in front of us. I'm, like, about to blow my top. And and, and I don't know if you felt that way, but I certainly – and and well, I, you know, I made some comments about it, but, you know like, gosh, you know, these kids, they just keep getting in front of us. And they're coming out of nowhere. I'm like, where are they coming from? Where are their parents? And, and the lady, she finally, she's like, boys, these two gentlemen were here before you. You're going to have to wait behind me. Thank you, you know. <laughs> Step up and get my mashed potatoes. And they were good. But what is it about us that, <laughs> why can't I just serve the little kids, you know? Why is it so hard for me to be like, come on, everyone, just get in front of us and wait. Or, you know, I'll wait. Here's an image from Black Friday. This is over a TV, right? You know, and you see this on the news. I don't know if you've ever experienced this in real life. People grabbing for stuff. And these reflexes just come with the human heart. I wish I could say that, you know, you're a little better than the rest of us. I'm a little better than you. This just comes with the human heart. This is the package deal. You got one of those? Part of what's beating in that human heart is pride. And it's going to be there as long as you're alive. And God can help you with that. But when we hear the idea of being humble, we struggle with the thought of missing out because there's pride in our heart, and we've got to fight that. So why would I want to humble myself? Well, here's why. The Bible lays out a handful of benefits. Promises attached to this attitude. Look at some of the benefits of humility. These are Old Testament. There's, these are promises that you find in the Old Testament. Not enough for instant benefit, but over time, if you make a pattern of choosing humility and stepping down, here's some things that God says he, he promises to, to, to bring. Honor, guidance, grace, wisdom, promotion. Now, again, it's not instantaneous. Over the long haul, you see a different type of life. You see a different quality of life as you set your heart to humble yourself. Humility is not the absence of pride. It's a choice to act against your pride because pride comes in the human heart. And so we all have it. Humility just shows us in real practical ways, you know, or it shows up in real practical ways as we relate to each other in our words, in our actions. But choosing humility allows us to focus on what's really important. Expectations, they are rooted in how we want things to go. Many times we may not even be aware of the expectations that exist in our heart, you know, things that are in our mind until we get disappointed when they don't get met. We're like, why am I so frustrated here? Well, it's because I had an expectation there. I like to think I'm a person with low expectations. Well, until my expectations aren't met, you know, then I realize, well, I've got more expectations than I'm willing to admit. Well, that's that's a lot of us. It's easy to focus on this perfect scenario that we want in life. And, and we're the one who's being served. And it's represented from a popular Christmas song, the song Sleigh Ride. You've heard this song before, it's, and we're going to play it for you. Here's the song Sleigh Ride. This represents um, some of the picture-perfect expectations that we have surrounding Christmas time, but just life in general. Take a look at this one set of verse. Happy feeling nothing in the world can buy when they pass around the coffee and the pumpkin pie. It'll nearly be like a picture print by courier and I. These wonderful things are the things we remember all through our lives. Just hear those sleigh bells jingling, ring-ting, tingling, too. Hey, come on, it's lovely weather for a sleigh ride together with you. We get all wrapped up in this idea of the sleigh ride and, and Christmas time and all. The, you know, here's a picture of a print of a lithograph of Courier and Ives. And so that's what the song is like, this picture-perfect print you know, of this idea. If we're not careful, though, the picture in our head becomes the reality that we want and we think we deserve On the other hand, humility allows us to remember, it is not about me. It's not about me. You know, if you think back to Joseph and Mary and what the angels told them when when they said, your son will be the savior of the world, I'm sure they were filled with certain expectations. I'm sure there was, you know, some things like, oh, that sounds pretty promising for us. You know, we're probably going to have access to some really important people. Uh, Maybe we're going to get some royal treatment because we know him. We, you know, we raised him. Yet God had a very different picture for them. They would spend their time welcoming baby Jesus in a stable next to the animals, away from the public eye. Pretty different than their courier and Ives print, I'm sure. Different than our picture-perfect scenario. But that is what stepping down is all about. It's accepting what God brings and really not forcing my plan and my expectations on others. And when frustration and disappointment comes, humility helps us remember, God, would you help me live in the picture that you have for me, not my own? And I need to remind myself of that often. God, would you help me live in the picture that you have for me, not my picture? So I want to encourage you this Christmas, let someone else go first. Find out what others are hoping for. Help them with their goals. Help them with their expectations if it's within your ability to pull that off. Look at your expectations seriously and ask God, God, would you help me to let go of these as I relate to people? That's hard. That's hard to do. Overall, stepping down is a very practical way to try to be a blessing to others. And that's what really, that's a real tangible thing we could do this Christmas, is just try to be a blessing to other people in our lives. I want to invite our worship team to come back up to the stage here and invite our ushers to prepare to receive our offering this morning. And Thank you for coming to worship with us. If you wouldn't mind, finish filling out the connection card that's in your bulletin and drop that in the offering basket as the ushers come around. There's a few next steps, some practical ways you can apply some of the things that you may have learned or been reminded of today. Uh, One next step is this. Identify an unrealistic expectation to give up. Maybe this is where you need to put some focus is this idea of expectations. Just maybe pick an expectation that you have. Maybe I didn't ask God, God, will you show me an expectation that I have in my heart that I may need to just release and give up? Second thing is maybe choose humility as I relate to it. And maybe there's a group of people you know. This is going to be really difficult for me to choose humility towards this group. Let me circle the one. And then there's just a fill in the blank there if you've got something very specific that you'd like to to do in response. And we want to thank you for... um, For those of you who give faithfully to to OCC, thank you. We couldn't do what we do without the faithfulness and generosity of our church family. And Bruce mentioned that we're having this Christmas offering. Our big give day for the Christmas offering is December 21st, just two weeks away. And so if you're planning to give to that ahead of time, just make sure you designate that um, on the offering envelope. If you do it online, you can do it. uh, There's a pull-down menu for that. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for your great love for us. Thank you for showing us how much you loved us by stepping into our world. For serving us. Dying for us. For rising and and giving us a hope for new life. Lord, all that we have is really a gift from you. So Lord, we thank you for the way you've taken care of us this year and this season. Lord, help us to choose the right perspective as we approach the rest of this season lord in our efforts to be generous or in our efforts to be giving to to people in our lives or even giving back to you lord help us to evaluate our, our motive and our expectations and lord help us to really come before you with these things lord and in very practical ways lord would you help us to choose to step down in humility towards the people that you've placed in our lives we love you We thank you for this example that you've given us in jesus and it's in his name we pray amen